I felt very connected to my baby this time. Um, with previous ones, I remember just kind of wanting it to be over, but this time I, I really felt like my baby and I were working together. Yeah, so that was that was nice to just have that that connection and that peace with her. Welcome to the Birth Journeys podcast. It is my belief that our birth journey has a lasting impact that goes far beyond delivery. It is my hope that through these stories, you would find the insight, tools, and the courage to go on and have your own positive and empowering birth journey. Just as a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is meant to inform and encourage you on your birth journey and not intended to replace advice from your medical professional. Welcome back to the Birth Journeys podcast. Today we have Stacy on and she's going to be sharing her stories with us. Hi, Stacy. Thanks for coming on. I can't wait to hear your stories. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, why don't you start out by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, so my name is Stacy. Uh, I'm a 34-year-old mom of five kids, ages 12, 10, 6, 3, and 3 months. Um, I'm married to my husband, Kevin. We've been together for 17 years now, and we live in Ontario, Canada. Hmm. Awesome. So where would you say that your birth journey begins? Um, I, I always knew I wanted kids, and I grew up hearing my mom talk about her natural births, uh, hospital births. But I definitely considered birth like a scary thing that I didn't mm. didn't want to do. I just knew I wanted kids. Um, so it wasn't really until my first birth that I kind of, I guess, realized what birth could be like. Um, mm. So I got my first pregnancy um, was very unexpected. Um, I had been struggling with disordered eating for a long time and I wasn't even having a period so it just wasn't even on my radar um, and I had gone to the doctors for something completely unrelated and they had done blood work and then I ended up discovering I was pregnant so that's kind of wow. yeah they called me when I was <laughs> at work and I, I was a preschool teacher at a daycare and we were just getting the kids ready to go outside. And I saw that my doctor's office was calling. So I thought, oh, I should answer this. And the receptionist was like, hi, Stacy, I'm just calling to let you know that you're pregnant. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So wow. that's how that all started. Wow. What was your reaction to that? Like, um, <laughs> how did you yeah, process not- that? not great um i was i was young i was 21 so i mean i was younger but it's not like i was a child um yeah it was just very unexpected and people in our lives really didn't handle it well um Mm. like we had family members that didn't want me to keep the pregnancy um Mm. one of my brothers stopped talking to me because he was so like horrified I guess um it was just it was it was hard um yeah wow 
Yeah, that would be really, really challenging to have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was hard to connect to the pregnancy because it just felt like I almost wasn't allowed to be excited, even though I had mm. always known that I wanted kids and I'd always wanted to be a mother. But um, yeah, 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 that'd be yeah. Tough. So how did that first pregnancy go? It was a good pregnancy. Um, I didn't have any issues. I didn't even really have any symptoms. It was it was a good pregnancy, textbook pregnancy. What kind of care did you choose for your prenatal time? Um, I chose midwives in Ontario, Canada. Um, we midwifery is covered by our healthcare, so. I don't even really remember why that's what I chose. I just, I just chose the midwives and, and they ended up being the clinic that I went with for, for all of my pregnancies. So it was um, midwives like in a hospital or? Um, well, they can do home or hospital. Oh, okay. Um, I chose for my first baby uh, to do hospital birth just because I, honestly, I just thought, that's what you do. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty normal for mm -hmm. first time. You just kind of think you're supposed to go to the hospital. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So how was that first birth? Um, I, well, I woke up in the morning and I now know I was in labor. I didn't really realize it at first at the time. And I just sort of labored all day it was a longer labor as first babies usually are mm -hmm. um, my, my midwives came to my house probably around dinner time and I, I had agreed to let them check me and I was only three centimeters after laboring all day so that was frustrating um, they left came back a couple hours later and I, I was really just not coping well. I was not prepared. I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't really done much reading or research about what to expect. Um, so that, that was hard. I, I was not handling it very well. I was in and out of the bath. Um, my husband and I were living with my parents at the time. So there were people around that I maybe wouldn't have wanted around when I was in labor. Mm. <laughs> um, eventually, I, I decided I wanted to go to the hospital. And my midwife did try to gently convince me to just have the baby at home. Um, they had broken my water, which was horrible, and um, mm. just ramped things up so much. And I think that she knew that I was probably pretty close, but I just really had my heart set on going to the hospital. I think I thought that there was going to be time for an epidural. And I think my midwife knew that there wasn't, but she was just kind of just saying, okay, sure. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we went to the hospital. My mom always likes to tell the story about how she thought I was going to jump out the window in the car, because in hindsight, I was definitely in transition while we were driving. So he was, he was born shortly after we got to the hospital. I did not end up getting an epidural. Um, everything went pretty well. And uh, yeah, we had a, a baby boy. 
So what was that postpartum like where you kind of had that, that transfer and it was really tough on you? We ended up going home not long after he was born. He was born at 3 a.m. and we left the hospital at like 8 or 9 a.m. Um, went home. I was exhausted and just went right to sleep. I had physically, I recovered really well and, um, and everything was fine, but I, uh, I definitely did not, I didn't, I didn't let myself rest and recover the way that I, that I now know I should have, um, mm. which I think is probably pretty common too. Yeah. Yep, I think postpartum is one of those things that <clears throat> is not maybe it's talked about more now, but um but definitely that's not something that I ever prepared myself no. for. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Hmm. So do you have anything else from that first time that you want to share? Do you want to move um, on to your next one? I had really bad um postpartum anxiety actually after I had him, which again oh. nobody really talked about um I in hindsight I don't know how people in my life didn't see that something was off with me I feel like I was honestly going crazy um Mm. really really severe anxiety um that I I never got help for because I I didn't know that's what it was um Mm. So that was hard. I look back on that and I wish I, I, I wish that I had have known to reach out for help with that. Yeah. So how long did you deal with that? And like, how did you cope with it? For a long time, um, probably until I got pregnant again. I don't think I did really cope with it. I just mm. sort of lived with it until eventually yeah. it it wasn't as bad. Ugh, man, I feel so bad that you had to kind of suffer in silence about that. <laughs> know, that must have yeah. been really hard. Yeah. I don't think I even really knew I was suffering. I think I just thought that's that's how it is now. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that I mean, I can understand that if you didn't really realize what was going on and, you know, what it was that you were dealing with, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So, um, when did you end up getting pregnant again? Um, so he was about, I think he was about a year and a half and I really, I really wanted a sibling closer in age to him. So, um, we decided to have another one by this point, we were no longer living with my parents. So, we had our own house and I decided that I didn't want to wait too long before having another baby. And I didn't really realize that I would get pregnant on the first try. Um, so I did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that was a rough pregnancy. I had really bad nausea and food aversions and really bad pubic bone pain. Um, which was interesting because I didn't have any physical pain at all in my first pregnancy, but 
this one was really difficult on me for some reason. Um, I was running a home daycare at the time so that I could stay home with my oldest. And uh, it was just really hard to be experiencing such a physically demanding pregnancy and, and also running a daycare. Um, so mm-hmm. I ended up, I ended up becoming really depressed during that pregnancy and it was just a really hard pregnancy. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> so did you choose the same route of care for that pregnancy? So I, yeah, I chose midwives again. I knew that I wanted a home birth this time. Um, my first baby kind of turned me into the attachment parent that I didn't really know I would be. Um, just breastfeeding until the natural weaning and co-sleeping and all that. So by the time that I was pregnant again, I definitely had realized that birth didn't have to be in a hospital. And I knew right away that I would go for a home birth this time. So how did that labor go? Um, it was, it was good. I, I woke up in labor, um, early in the morning. I got up, went downstairs, watched a movie for a bit until my husband and my son got up. Uh, we called the midwives and the doula and my mom came as well to be there for, for my toddler. I, I wanted him there, but I wanted to have somebody who could take him if, if it was necessary. Um, so my midwife got there. I, I think I agreed to a check and I was pretty far along, which was surprising because I thought since my first labor was so long that, that it would be that way again, but it was not. Um, so I got into the birth tub and not long after my water broke and then the fetal ejection reflex kicked in and started pushing his shoulders did get a little bit stuck on the way out but I just flipped to hands and knees and um and then he he flew out and yeah it was good there were no issues he another boy um my toddler was there yeah it was it was a really good experience it was it was really beautiful to see that that's what birth could be like instead of what I had gone through the first time. Yeah. So did you struggle with any of the mental postpartum issues this time or was it better? I did, but in a different way. Um, I think by this point I had realized that it wasn't normal to be as anxious as I had been, but this time it was more postpartum depression than anxiety. Um, mm. Again, I don't think I really knew enough to get help. Um, I had two nursing kids on me at all times. I had not really a ton of outside support. My parents have always been pretty involved, but um, I mean, when it's 3 a.m. and you're awake with (laughs) baby and a toddler, it's kind of all on you. Um, My husband was working a lot at that time. So that was definitely a struggle as well. Yeah, sounds like like a lot. <laughs> so you you yeah. were still nursing your um 
your first baby when you were nursing your second baby. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that that is a lot. <laughs> actually, nursing one baby it feels like a lot <laughs> I know, to me. I know. I've actually been nursing. I've nursed all of my kids pretty much until they wean on their own, which is usually around three, three and a half, uh, four mm -hmm. for one of them. Um, so I've been nursing for a very long time at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Oh, that's a blessing to be able to do that, though. To, yes, for to, sure it is. I'm very grateful. Yeah. So do you have anything else from that second one that you want to share? or? Um, I don't think so. It was, honestly, that time is kind of a blur for me. He was also a really colicky baby. So compare, like with the, the colic and the depression and everything, I just feel like I kind of just had to put my head down and get through it. I don't really remember a lot of it, which is sad, but um, we yeah. did, we got out alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like that. You're just in survival mode until you get to the top of the hill, I guess, <laughs> come down the other side. Exactly. Yeah. So how long until your third pregnancy? So after my second was born for a little bit there, I thought that I did not want to have more kids um, just because of what a difficult time I would have mentally postpartum and with his colic and everything. But um a couple of years later, I got that baby fever again. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so we had kind of talked a little bit about having a third. And shortly after that, I found out I was pregnant. So I don't know how the universe just put that out there. <laughs> and I was pregnant. <laughs> um, and that was a pretty good pregnancy. I had a lot of food aversions again. And um, about halfway through the pregnancy, I developed pups, which is, you know what pups Aww. is? Yeah, I do. But if, if some of the listeners don't know, maybe you could just give a quick Yeah, so I just, had, I just had a really bad rash on my torso that was insanely itchy. And nothing that I did would ease that itch. And it was horrible. And it's usually mm -hmm. something that people have maybe for their first baby or when they have multiples, but I was pregnant with my third and there was only one baby in there. And for some reason, I don't know. It was, it was awful though. It was so uncomfortable. Um, mm. But other than that, it was a good pregnancy. Um, I really enjoyed that pregnancy, which was nice compared to my previous one, which had been so physically uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, I really, I, I really loved being pregnant that time. Um, so again, I, I woke up in labor. I always wake up in labor. That's how it's gone for me every single time. Um, called the midwives and the doula, my mom again, labored in bed for a while and then got into the tub, water broke, um, her head was born and then my midwife realized that she had a nuchal cord. The cord was around her neck. So she said to me that I need to get out of the tub. And at this point, there's a head 
coming out of me. So I just remember saying, I cannot get out of the tub right now. <laughs> everybody just kind of grabbed a limb and hauled me out. And then once I was standing and they unhooked the cord, the rest of her came out. Um, and she didn't cry right away. So the the midwives actually ended up cutting the cord earlier than I would have liked um, to take her to the the machine, the suctioning machine. Um, she, everything was fine. It was probably like 30 seconds where there was a bit of panic, but I, I really don't remember being scared at all. My midwives were on it and they weren't, they didn't seem worried. So I wasn't worried um, and everything was fine. And that was our first girl. So that was exciting. Mm -hmm. And my older boys were there as well for the birth. So how was that having that kind of scary resuscitation thing going on? Like, did that leave you with um, any kind of like trauma or anything or? There, I don't remember feeling scared at all. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it was adrenaline or just because my midwives weren't panicking I but I really don't remember being scared but then once the dust had settled and everything and I looked back on it um, I definitely I would not have chosen for it to go that way so I think I had some some sadness about her first moments being you know whisked away from me um, yeah but it really wasn't a long time before they, she was back in my arms and we crawled into my bed and um, nursed and everything was fine. And yeah, everything ended up being just fine, but yeah. yeah. That's good. <laughs> I, I, that's like the one thing that's kind of like I hear over and over again with like home birth is when things like that happen, how a lot of times the midwives handle it with such like calmness and like, mm -hmm. you know, they know what to do and they just like take charge and they, you know, get it done. And it's like, you know, people that are like against or maybe not against, but like scared of, of home birth and like, you know, midwives or whatever. It's like, well, I mean, they know what to do in those situations. And like, I mean, there can be a bad outcome anywhere at the hospital or at home, but they are yeah. like highly skilled and highly trained and know how to take charge in those situations. And that's just, yeah, exactly. yeah you can really feel confident with their care. <laughs> so that's awesome. I don't think a lot of people really realize that it's that way. They don't just show up with, you know, a backpack and, and a bunch of, good intentions yeah. <laughs> I mean they show up with a lot of medical equipment and they know what to do in an emergency and yeah they really they're prepared and they they wouldn't they wouldn't do it if they didn't have that training and those skills to to be able to handle situations like yeah, that exactly and I really don't think a lot of people realize mm -hmm. that yeah so did you I'm just going to continue asking with everyone. Did you have any other mental issues this time postpartum or 
Yeah, I did. No, I'm sometimes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sometimes women have it with everyone and some don't. So I'm just curious because, yeah. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I, my, my grandmother died when I was a few months mm. postpartum and I feel like that really triggered yeah. it. Um, I don't know if it would have been as bad if that hadn't happened, but it did. And it was really hard again. Um, that was, again, it was more depression than anxiety. Um, but yeah, I, I got through it by that point. I was starting to realize that I, I needed more, I needed support. Mm -hmm. I couldn't just rely on myself. And, um, I started going to therapy and, um, joined a postpartum support group and, um, I, I don't like taking medication when I'm pregnant or nursing. Um, that's just a personal thing. I completely understand and respect that for some people that's what they need to do, but I just, I don't even like taking like an Advil when I have a headache when I'm pregnant or I don't think you can take Advil when you're pregnant, but <laughs> I just don't even like taking medication yeah. at all. But I, so I really committed to wanting to get through it just without that and it's hard and there's definitely been some really dark periods postpartum for me but I always end up making it out on the other side yeah, yeah I feel the same way I did um well I've only suffered really bad with postpartum depression like with my second daughter but and I did end up going the medication route but normally that's how I feel too like I don't even like taking anything either but it was so yeah. dark that it was like something that I just felt was necessary for me at that point <laughs> but um yeah uh, well, I, I totally also like understand both sides of it completely it's yeah. not not easy to go through at all it's yeah it can no and you just have to do what's going to work yeah. for you and if that's medication no shame mm -hmm. at all yeah, it seems like so unfair because it's like, you know, having a baby is such like a blessing and such a joyous thing. And then it's like, oh, but now you're going to feel horrible. <laughs> and it's like, what in the world? Like, why? Oh, man. Yeah, it's like just not fair that moms have to deal with that at all. I know. Yeah. I know. So do you have anything else from that one that you want to share or... You want to go on to the next one? Um, I don't okay. think so. All right. Other than that, things were pretty smooth with her. So how? Um, so okay. then I was just going to say, so then again, we started talking about maybe having a fourth. Um, I didn't think that my husband was going to want to go for it, but then he told me that he was open to having another one. And again, I found out shortly after that I was already mm -hmm. pregnant. <laughs> um, so again, lots of food aversions and nausea. Um, I had really bad dizziness and um, a racing heart with him. Uh, I ended up seeing a cardiologist just because it was, I, I would just so often need to sit down because I would be so dizzy and we never ended up really figuring out what caused it, but that was that was difficult. Um, 
But other than that, I mean, it was a pretty good pregnancy. That was the first pregnancy that I stopped doing a lot of the routine testing that is done. Um, like the gestational diabetes tests and those sort of things. Um, I just, oh, I just decided that if I wasn't at risk for something that I didn't really want to do that. And I always told my midwives if they ever thought that I should really do it, that I trusted them and I would, but they were always comfortable with me declining those sorts of things. So um, yeah, that was a good pregnancy as well. Um, and then when I was 39 weeks, my whole family got really sick with like the flu, like influenza. Um, so that was really hard. It was, um, my due date came and went and we were so sick and thankfully my body knew to hold off on going into labor because I would not have been able to handle it. Um, and then the a day or two after we we were better um again i woke up in the morning in labor i decided not to have a doula this time i felt like i could handle it without so called the midwives called my mom to come be with the other kids um this labor was a little longer i uh, my other babies were born in the morning but this baby was born in the afternoon um I feel like my, I feel like I was really resisting this labor. I can remember my midwife saying, if you want to have the baby in the birth tub, I think you should get in. And I just kept putting it off and didn't want to be around anybody. And I was just kind of hiding out in my room by myself. So I don't know if my body was still just kind of recovering from being so sick. Um, Eventually I did get in the tub though. And then shortly after my water broke and there was meconium in the water. Um, so the midwives called an ambulance to be on standby. Um, I don't, I don't really know why, because that wasn't the first time there's been meconium in my water, but that was the first time they've had an ambulance. Um, but it, they didn't end up really needing to be there. So everything, everything was fine. Um, I, I felt like I had to work really hard to push him out. Um, my other babies definitely just kind of were coming whether I liked it or not. Like the fetal ejection, ejection reflex was very powerful. Um, this time I felt like I had to push him out myself. Um, and it was really really hard um but no issues he was he was also nine nine so I don't know if that was part of why it was so difficult or if, like I said it was because I was sick I don't know yeah some are just like that I guess but, <laughs> yeah. everything was fine um and when he came out it was another boy um everything went really well he yeah, he was perfect. No issues with anything. And then we got to just climb into bed. And again, all my other kids were there. Yeah, that was the first um, first time that I really committed to really resting after the birth. Um, I had 
kind of done some research about postpartum and realized that it was really important to actually rest. And um, so I pretty much spent two weeks in bed, um, not really getting up at all. And yeah, that was a really, really magical time just to be able to take that time to heal and get to know my baby. And my husband held down the fort with everyone else. And yeah. So was that, was that the last one or do you have one more? That was okay. the fourth. No, it's I okay. Know, it's no, I usually, I usually oh. like, like make a note, but I didn't this time. So <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that was the yeah. four. Um, and I was, I was very determined to avoid any postpartum mental health issues that mm. time. But he was born in January 2020. So then a few months later, oh, the whole no. world started to shut down. <laughs> um, so that was not ideal yeah. for somebody who has struggled so much with mental mm -hmm. health. Um, so that ended up being quite a challenge again. He was also a really colicky baby who did not sleep. Um, yeah, that was, again, that was hard, but um, at the same time, it was almost kind of a blessing in disguise to be able to just, I guess, hunker down at home and, and not have to worry about all these other expectations because I, I maybe that would have made it that much mm -hmm. harder. Yeah. yeah. So you said that you were gonna try to be more proactive with your mental health um before obviously the craziness happened did what did mm -hmm. you do to kind of try to get ahead of it was there anything specific that you that you tried to do or um I had, I had done a lot of reading about what kind of supplements um I could take I had talked to my husband ahead of time like kind of this is what I need you to be on the lookout for. Um, I was planning on starting up therapy again and just a bunch of little things. I just, and I was very much aware of it. So I was just very determined to avoid it that time. And then with everything shutting down, a lot of those things weren't possible, yeah. like therapy, um, and just not really having any outside support with my other kids. So I still, I still did the, the supplements and my husband is very supportive and he did what he could to, to help get through that. But yeah. 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 That's, that's hard that all that happened when you were like, <laughs> I'm going to do it better this time or try. <laughs> oh man. Ugh. Yeah. So do you, yeah. Are you, do you want to go on to your fifth then? Or did you have anything else from that time? No, I think that's it for that one. Um, for the, for my fifth pregnancy, um, I had been having some hormonal issues. I, 
with having a period like every couple of weeks and just having some really severe symptoms when I, when I would have a period. So I wasn't really concerned when my period was late because it had kind of been all over the place. Um, and then I didn't even test positive until I was at least a week overdue for my period. So, um, that was a surprise, um, a welcome one. We had talked about having a fifth baby, but I didn't just because I'd been having so many issues. I definitely didn't expect it to happen when it did. Um, and I, that was actually a pretty good pregnancy the first trimester. Um, I had a lot of food aversions, which seems to just be how it goes for me. I pretty much just survived off of bagels for <laughs> a few months. Um, they felt good and I didn't really have a ton of symptoms. Um, I had really bad anxiety though with just kind of waiting for something to go wrong. I just had this idea in my head that I've had already had four healthy pregnancies and you know maybe this is the one that doesn't doesn't last um so I was kind of always on edge until until I started actually feeling the baby move um I had the really bad dizziness again with that pregnancy and um my midwife suggested that I increase my iron so I did that and that really helped a lot. Um, and other than that, it was, it was a pretty good pregnancy. Um, my baby was breech and very stubborn about going head down. So that was kind of the, the there's a lot of focus on that. Um, trying to, to get the baby to go the right way. Um, and then in my last few weeks, I got really sick again um, with the flu, influenza again. Um, so one really amazing thing about midwives is my midwives actually came to my house to try and give me fluids because I was so sick and I had been out for over a week and I couldn't keep anything down and I was just exhausted. So my midwives came over one night and they hooked me up to an IV, which I don't think any OBs would do <laughs> that. <laughs> so that was, that was really, really great of them to do. Um, yeah. So I was really sick again towards the end of my pregnancy. Um, and yeah, again, I woke up in labor. Um, I had gotten up to go pee and I don't even think I was really having contractions yet. I just felt that the baby had really moved down and I just kind of knew um, I'd had bloody show, which for me always is an indication that I'm going to have a baby that day. So I just crawled back into bed and just cuddled my two-year-old for a little while and he woke up and I just remember saying, you can have a baby brother or sister mm. today. And he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then my around seven, I told my husband that I didn't think he was going to work that day. 
called the midwives, called my mom to come be with the other kids. Um, I was, I was coping really well. My contractions were still very mild, but there was a lot of pressure with each one. So my midwives came right away just because fifth baby. Um, and then when they, when they got here and they saw me, they, I almost felt like I, this is on me, not on them that I felt this way, but I almost felt like I was wasting their time because they got here, they rushed here and then they saw like, Oh, she's fine. She's still talking through contractions. And, um, so when they asked to check me, I was, I was skeptical, but I, I wanted to know that I wasn't wasting their time. Um, so then I agreed to it and I was already seven centimeters. Um, so it, it was good that mm -hmm. they came. <laughs> uh, I just labored alone in my room. I really don't like, I don't, I don't feel like I need much from other people when I'm in labor. I know some people really like um, having someone right next to them for support, but um, I just kind of get into my own little world and I don't really want anyone touching me. So I just hung out on my bed. Uh, everyone went downstairs to set up and my mom took the kids for a walk and watched a movie with them. And um, I just kind of sat upstairs by myself. And then my midwives were encouraging me to, to get up and walk around a bit. So I did, I went downstairs and just sort of paced around and it was other than me pacing around in labor, it was kind of just a normal morning in our house. Um, so my husband got the tub set up and I got in shortly after 10 and my water broke almost, almost right after I got in. And there was a lot of meconium in the water again. But nobody was worried. Um, they just checked the heart rate a little bit more often. But there were no, no concerns with that. Um, so it was, it was a pretty busy room. There were, so all four of my older kids, my mom, my husband, three midwives. One was two, two midwives and then a student. And then a friend of mine had come to take some photos. So it was a pretty full house, but I, I really just remember feeling so at peace with everybody who was there. And I don't, I didn't feel overwhelmed by it. And um, yeah, I just, I felt really good about everybody who was in the room. Um, so shortly after my water broke, I started to really vocalize through contractions, which for me, I know means that things are, are happening. Um, and then the fetal ejection reflex kicked in again. Um, one, one really big difference with this labor compared to my other ones is I, I felt very connected to my baby this time. Um, with previous ones, I remember just kind of wanting it to be over, but this time I, I really felt like my baby and I were working together. Um, 
yeah so that was that was nice to just have that that connection and that peace with her um and I I felt her moving down and I remember reaching down and feeling her head and um then out she came and I just remember my midwife saying grab your baby Stacy and I reached down and grabbed her and all of my other kids and my husband were right there and um they had all been really hoping for a baby sister so I have I have boy boy girl boy and they were all so hoping that it was going to be a Mm. girl and I kept telling them my whole pregnancy, I kept saying, well, whatever it is, it already is. So let's just, whoever it is, is who's meant to be in our family. So it'll be fine either way. But it was definitely a pretty magical moment to pull her up and, and get to say oh. it's a girl. And yeah, so that was, that was really special. So did you get to catch all your other babies or was this the first one that you got to catch? Um, with all of my other babies, I don't think I was really in a position where I could have caught mm-hmm. them just because of the way I was um, either I was leaning too far forward or um, standing up like with my older daughter but this time I had said to my midwives that I I want to be the one to grab her so um yeah it was definitely pretty awesome to reach down and and get to pull her up to me and and not have that be just have it be my hands on her yeah that's so special I love when when women can do that and especially when midwives can be supportive of it (laughs) too. Yeah. I had, I had two midwives right by my side and um, I don't remember this, but just looking back on pictures, um, one of them had kind of in the pictures, you can see that she's kind of uh, has her hands like right there. I don't know if she's worried that, they're a little slippery when they come out of the birth mm-hmm. pool. So maybe she just was being ready to, to grab her if she needed to. But yeah, they were, they were respectful of me wanting to be the one to pull her up. So what about like the delivery of the placenta? Like, was that something that they just waited on in your births or what, what did that look like? Um, so for it's kind of a little bit different for everyone but for this one um the water was since there was so much meconium in the water it kind of looked like a swamp honestly Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they got me out of the tub and um this is in my living room so they had the couch already covered in um shower curtains so I laid down on the couch and we waited a bit for the placenta and I nursed I started to nurse the baby right away and um, it wasn't coming and my midwife suggested that she give me um, a shot of Pitocin just to encourage it to come out Um, and I I I agreed I I really trusted my midwives and they knew where I was at with um, unnecessary intervention so 
I, I really just felt that if that's what they were thinking was the best thing, then um, I trusted that. So they did end up doing that and then it, then it did come out. Um, and something that I, I didn't mention before, but after I had my first baby, I did tear a little bit and the student midwife stitched me too tight. Mm. And I didn't actually even realize that until several months postpartum when it had healed and I kind of realized that something didn't seem right. So when I had my second baby, I had asked my midwife if she thought I was going to tear and she, because it was, it, it was repaired too tight. And she said, you will probably always tear now because of that, because it healed that way. So I did tear with, with each of my babies. Um, and I also don't have particularly small babies either. Um, so maybe that's part of it, but with my fifth, I had said to my midwives that I don't want stitches this time. I was noticing the buildup of scar tissue and I, I just, I wanted to give my body the opportunity to just heal naturally. So, um, she had, I had told her that if she really felt that I needed stitches, that, that we would do that. But, um, we talked about it after the baby was born and I had, I did have second degree tears and, but she said, if you can promise me that you'll stay in bed with your legs together, <laughs> that, that we could skip the stitches. So, um, so we did do that, which I don't think I even really realized was an option with my previous mm -hmm. babies. So I'm glad that I, I gave my body that, that opportunity to, to heal on its own this wow. time. So did you notice a difference in your healing then versus with the stitches versus no stitches? I think I maybe did heal a little bit slower mm -hmm. without the stitches, but um, now I'm, I'm three months postpartum now and no issues at all. So um, I don't know if it's even related to, to not having stitches, if that's why the healing was a little slower or maybe just I don't know, because it's my fifth baby, um, but no issues. I just felt like it took a little bit more time. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if I've heard of someone um, having such like a second degree tear, like just heal naturally. Like normally, you know, that's like something that you would get stitched for. Um, but it... yeah, um, if my new wife had have said that she wanted me to to be stitched I would have trusted yeah. her but um I guess that she felt just the way that the I mean I didn't I didn't look yeah but <laughs> just the way that it was I guess that it just um it as long as she said like she said as long as I kept my my legs together and and stayed in bed and didn't do the stairs at all for for a bit that um that she was comfortable letting letting my body mm -hmm. do it itself yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I don't know too much about like, about like the natural way of heal of, um, healing from tears versus being stitched, but, um, I have, yeah, I have heard that, you know, for like lesser degree tears, um, a lot of times home birth midwives won't even bother, you know, with it, um, with the stitching and whatever, mm -hmm. but, um, 
I had second degree tearing with my second daughter and whew, that was rough, <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. so with your, with your tears for like all your previous births, were they like to that degree or were they smaller? Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that for every single one of my babies, it's been mm -hmm. a few tears and for some first yeah. degree, some second degree. Um, and I had never even considered not getting stitches with, with the other ones. But like I said, I was just starting to notice, um, a difference mm -hmm. with the, with the scar tissue and, um, had started doing some reading about it and realized that it was an option to not have stitches and told my midwives that's what I wanted. And, and they were, yeah, they were great about it. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that, um, oh. with sometimes with the stitching, how they, like it can, like, it's crazy. Cause you wouldn't think like, you'd think the stitches are going to be helpful and a good thing, which I mean, I guess they probably are for the most part, but like, you don't also think about maybe some of the risks associated with getting a, a stitch. Like, cause I mean, technically yeah. that would be an, an intervention, right? Cause you're not just letting the natural process mm -hmm. happen naturally. Um, so yeah, that's a really interesting kind of topic that I've never really, you know, dove too, too deep into. Um, but I have heard that people have then gone on to have issues because of the, the stitching, um, you know, whether it's, you know, just, mm -hmm. I've heard of some people, you know, being stitched like too tight. And then like afterwards they like really struggle with like intimacy and, and stuff because, you know, it mm -hmm. was just not done properly or, or maybe it was done properly in the medical standpoint, but like it just really interfered then with the way the body healed and, um, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, really... for sure. I will always wonder if if I would have torn with all my babies if if it weren't for the way the yeah. stitches were done with my first and um so then with my second, third and fourth babies, I had said to the midwives that I want a midwife to stitch me, not a student. And I've had really great students and I love them, but I just yeah just that first experience with the stitches I just didn't want to yeah I go, don't blame go through you. that again <laughs> yeah that wouldn't be a fun thing to deal with so so how was how has your no. mental state been this time around you're still pretty fresh <laughs> really yeah so far so good um this birth was not that my other births were bad but this birth was just so perfect to me. Um, it was almost redemptive in a way that I didn't even really know I needed. Um, everything with the labor and the birth and then the immediate postpartum just went so well. Um, I just, I loved my midwife so much. I loved how much my, my older kids and everyone were just so involved in the whole thing. And, um, yeah, so it's just been really great. Um, again, I was really committed to that time in bed after, especially with the with the tears. Um, so I spent two weeks in bed, hardly getting up at all. And uh, my husband 
he works at home. So he's um, just been a really good support since then, since he's had to go back to work. And yeah, everything's just been really, really good so far. Um, five yeah. kids is a lot of kids, but um, we're, yeah, we're just, we're doing it and it's going really well. And I'm just so grateful that that it's gone the way it has. Yeah. Yeah. I just had my fourth. So I'm, uh, yeah, it's like, yeah. man, the adjustment is hard, <laughs> but it's like, the, I wouldn't yeah. ever want like my family without any of them. <laughs> like each, each one is such a blessing. Yeah. Just, they're just meant to be there. <laughs> Mm, yeah well I'm I'm glad that you're having a better time this time that makes such a huge difference when you know you don't have that yeah lingering those lingering mental issues because oh I I'm thankful that I haven't had it too bad except for that one time with you know my second daughter and um and yes it's just been Mm-hmm. It just makes such a difference, and I think your recovery as a whole just, oh, yeah, that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so let's see. I don't think I really have any any questions. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, or you feel like you? Um, I actually did have something that I didn't mention that um, I just always tell people about. So with my third, fourth and fifth babies, um, I actually did Mm. placenta smoothies. Um, so I didn't have any after pains with my third, fourth or fifth babies. (laughs) What? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I really think it was a smoothie and I'm, I think, I think even my midwives thought I was a little bit of a a nut. (laughs) but um yeah it's been one of the best parts of the postpartum for me is just I just feel so good immediately postpartum and I I do remember having after pains with my first and second so it's not like I just magically Mm -hmm. don't get them but with my last three babies I did not have them and uh I really think that is so interesting Cause that was the one thing, like my yeah. birth was amazing and perfect. And then it was like when those after pains came, like, you know, on day two postpartum or whatever, oh my word, like <laughs> they were awful. Yeah. I, I've heard that. And people would always say to me, my midwives would say, oh, be prepared for the after pains of fifth baby. They're going to mm-hmm. be, they're going to be rough, but. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah, and I've heard that they usually get worse with each baby, which has been true for Mm, me because I don't really remember them being too bad even with my last three. But then this time it was, oh, it was awful. Um, But, yeah, that's so interesting. (laughs) And I had my placenta sitting in my freezer the whole time. (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to remember that for next time. So what do you do? Like, I've heard of people just like, you know, putting it raw in a smoothie, but like, how do you actually like prepare that? And especially you said that you had meconium in your water, so you were fine to go ahead and still eat it? Yeah, uh, rinse it 
really well. My midwives knew that I was planning on doing it and they didn't discourage me. Um, I have to give credit to my husband because he must really love me to <laughs> yeah. be willing to make these placenta smoothies. Um, yeah, he just takes a, I've actually never even made one. He's always made them for me. Um, he just takes like a, a small little piece and um, you mix it with lots of berries to cover the color um, and pineapple and just whatever mm -hmm. fruit you have on hand, I guess. And honestly, you can't taste it if you can get over the being mm -hmm. grossed out part of it um, you really can't taste it and yeah I really found I really believe that it was a big part in my immediate healing um, I think that it helped bring my milk in faster and um, I think it helped with my bleeding so I would do I would do one smoothie a day for just kind of the first maybe Okay. Four or five days, and then, uh, and then I would just kind of do it as needed, and then um, that usually ended up being maybe until I was two weeks postpartum, and then, Interesting. and then I wouldn't do it anymore. Yeah, I'll have to remember that for next time, because I I toyed with the idea of the encapsulation this time, but I've heard more of it being really helpful, mm -hmm. kind of more with like a mental your mental health type thing, and where I haven't really struggled with any like mental postpartum stuff with my last two pregnancies, I was like, eh, I don't, I'm not, I didn't really want to spend the money on it if I didn't feel like I really needed it, you know? And like, yeah. I didn't, I've never had issues with like my milk supply or anything like that. So I was kind of like, eh, maybe it's not really something that I even like need. Um, but gosh, if it helps with those after pains, mm -hmm. <laughs> you better believe I'm eating it next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I've done the placenta encapsulation as well. Um, I did it for the first time with my second baby. Um, and then I, I didn't end up doing it this time just because, honestly, we just didn't get to it yet. We mm -hmm. still have the placenta in the freezer. Um, we usually do it ourselves oh, okay. uh, instead of paying someone to do it. And we just haven't got to it yet. And I don't know. I don't know if we'll do it. I don't know if I feel like I need it. Um with my with my previous babies, I just figured I'll take any anything I can get that might help with mm -hmm. with postpartum mental health. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. So Let's you see. can you can like do something with it later, like because that was something I was actually wondering about for myself. Oh, yeah, it's sitting in my freezer, and I'm like, what's kind of the point of having it sit in my freezer? <laughs> so I didn't know that you could. Okay, yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. yeah as long as it's been as long as it's been frozen um mm, properly okay. then yeah I don't know if it would have the same benefits if you do it when you're not immediately yeah. postpartum but I've even heard of some people um doing tinctures for and then saving them for when they go into menopause um yeah 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 placentas <laughs> are fascinating there's a lot of Mm -hmm. a lot of benefits yeah, really in there cool so one thing I always like to ask is um if you had one piece of advice for a first-time mom um what's something that you would like her to know when going into 
her first birth, preparing for it? Um, I just, I just wish people could realize that they can reframe the narrative around birth. And if we surround ourselves with people who believe and trust in birth and give our bodies the space to do what they're made to do, then birth doesn't have to be scary. It can be a really sacred and beautiful and honestly, even an enjoyable thing. And I just wish that more women would realize that and have the opportunity to experience birth in that light. Yeah, that's, that's my heart too for, for this podcast is that people would know that, you know, it might be painful. It might be really hard work, but gosh, it's like, it's such sacred work and, um, yeah, just such a like beautiful thing that, you know, we get to do. It's just amazing. And yeah, it can be positive even if it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't mean to dismiss people that have, um, of course, there are always going to be situations where medical intervention is Mm -hmm. completely necessary. And I don't want anyone to ever feel bad about that if that's their journey. But um, for the most part, birth is beautiful and it's not, it doesn't have to be scary. Definitely not. Cool. I wanted to ask one more thing. Um, With the midwives that you had, since they are, you know, they're, they're covered by like your country's um, healthcare and and everything. Do you feel like they tend to be more like medically minded or are they like really holistic and natural and like, you know, nurturing? And do you feel like you have like, are they like that side of, of the midwifery Um, care or. I think it probably depends on mm-hmm. each individual midwife. I've definitely experienced both of those things with um, with my midwives. I've been with the same clinic for all my babies, but not okay. the same midwife every time. Um, and I've had some who are a little bit more natural-minded and some that are more on the mm-hmm. medical side. Um, but I have found that they've all been very respectful of, um, even if they maybe don't necessarily agree with certain things that I want to do or that I've chosen, I've never had any of them be disrespectful about it. Um, with my most recent baby, I turned down pretty much everything, every check there is in pregnancy, all the tests and stuff. And, um, I declined all, all the shots and everything at birth. And I, I know that my midwives probably would not choose that route for their own children, but they, they were never, they never made me feel like I was doing something wrong. They were always very respectful about it. And, always willing to have informed conversations about it. And I never felt like they were trying to mm-hmm. talk me into anything. Yeah, That's good. That's awesome. Cause I feel like that kind of care is yeah. so important. <laughs> Even if they tend to, oh, sorry, I'm, sure, 
I was just going to say, if they tend to be a little bit more medically minded themselves to not like push you, the, you know, the client into those interventions, if that's not what you want, that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So did you have any resources that you used when preparing for any of your births that you'd want to share about? Um, well, the, my, my introduction into home birth, this was back in 2012. So things were different now or different than with what was available. But back then, um, I, I first started watching documentaries and of course the business of being born is a big one. Um, but over the years, I've just read a lot of books, um, Ina May Gaskin, Sarah Buckley, Penny Simpkin. I listen to a lot of podcast episodes. I really think that listening to positive birth stories can really help get your mind where it needs to be. And I I think that having the right mindset is such a big part of having a positive birth experience. Um, So I just listened and read a lot of birth stories and yeah honestly that's that's it I just spent a lot of time reframing my mindset and and I think that that's really more powerful than we give it credit (laughs) for I agree there's so much power in yeah you know educating and informing yourself when it comes to birth and from the right sources (laughs) not from you know the mainstream like more hospitalized medicalized I even tell moms that are going into the hospital to really learn about physiological birth and like listen to natural birth stories and home birth stories because even if that's not what your plan is I still feel like you can learn so much from from that and it's yeah it's so priceless for sure yeah Yeah. I totally agree okay cool well did you have anything else you wanted to add or you ready to wrap it up I don't think so cool yeah well thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories and your wisdom and yeah it was it was fun to hear them all for having me it was fun to talk about them thank you so much for listening I hope that you were encouraged in some way through this story as a reminder please rate and review our podcast and you can connect with us on social media at birth journeys podcast for more information or to share your own story please visit birthjourneyspodcast.com and fill out the brief questionnaire see you next time